you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play the intro again and bail out of that last one because, yeah, yeah, bailing out. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to the Essential Apple Podcast, a show where we cover the last seven to ten days in the world of Apple news, reviews, rumours, roundup, gossip, tech, and, well, basically, anything else that catches our eye. This is the Essential Apple Podcast. And this is the second attempt at the intro, because I'm bailing out of that intro. There's not many times I was self-censored myself, but... Yeah, I thought better of it. We're back again for another week of discussing Apple news. And again, this week, we have another guest. This time from, well, you've heard it at the very, very start of the show, from the MyMark Network. Yes, we have Steve Hammond. How are you doing there, Steve? I'm doing well. Yeah, thank you. So just to clear up the obvious, you're not French, which is pretty much a good thing. You're French-Canadian, which is the be- sort of the best in the worst of worlds, because you get to have the coolness of being French, uh, sorry, Canadian. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's tinged with the sadness of being French. Yeah, uh, we have uh, French descendants, but not French per se. <laughs> uh, there, there are any female listeners listening to this show they're going to be in love with that voice of yours because I, I to be fair i'm finding it slightly attractive and i don't know if i should be moving on <laughs> <laughs> i'm not re- i'm not doing a third podcast intro also joining us this week is the ed- editor of essentialapple.com simon how are you doing this week simon i'm all right mate i'm all right um we're all all right, really, aren't we? I mean, there's fires in California, earthquakes in San Jose, people in Puerto Rico still got no electricity and no water, and uh, I don't know when this miserable year is ever going to end. But uh, luckily, I'm all right. You're all right. Steve's all right, and uh, that's all right then. At least it's not as bad as last year when it just seemed like every 30 seconds there was like a major celebrity passing away. So, you know, small graces and all that sort of things, hopefully. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It felt bad. It felt like a lot of celebrities passing away. But this year it seems just like an endless slew of natural disasters and human misery, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're going to, but thankfully you've got us to make your day better or worse. It, it, I always like to think that we're the benchmark of when people go, well, it could be worse. And I think, you know what? It could be because you could be listening to this show. Yeah, that, this is a brilliant way to big up to our, uh, to our guests, isn't it? So, Steve, you're <laughs> trying to bail out of this one again. You're uh, you're writer over at mymac.com. And one of the things I always like to ask a guest is what is your Apple setup like right now? What's the oldest bit of Apple Kit that you've got? And also what's the newest? Oh, you want you really want to have the knowledge of what I have, the oldest things of Apple? That oh w- that. with a caveat Apple tree of or Lisa. <laughs> that's still I is that still usable? Does that still work? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's working. It's in the basement. Not not very useful, I would say, but it's there. <laughs> but the, the the oldest thing I have uh, to be more serious uh, in terms of uh, things that I use, uh, I would say every day. It's uh, my uh, uh, MacBook uh, Pro. Uh, that you know, the first Retina MacBook Pro, twenty twelve. 
15 inch. So that's what I am using now to record this podcast with you. So, and the newest thing is the iPhone 8. So, not bad. Uh, so you went for the iPhone 8, not the iPhone X. Go on then. No. I, I need to know, even though I'm never going to get one, what is it as nice and as brilliant and as fast and as lovely, as, as amazing as it looks like it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I switched from uh, 5S. <laughs> no, it's like the day and night, you know, it's, it's, it's uncomparable. It's really a nice phone and I like it. And I wouldn't like to, uh, you know, I would like to have the, the iPhone 10, but to be, to be honest, you know, I'm not willing to pay $400 more for a phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with you on that. There was um. Oh, the reason I'm interested about the iPhone eight is because in my list of YouTube channels, there's this one guy who likes to have a bit of a rant, and he was saying it's just another iPhone, it's just faster, it's just the same design. I'm going. I can't help but think you've missed a little bit of the point there, sunshine. Is it really, really blisteringly fast, or is this just because? You're coming from an iPhone five uh, to something a lot, lot newer. Oh, yeah, sure. It's uh, yeah, sure, sure. Coming from an iPhone five S, you know, it's it's like uh, like I said, day and night. But uh, the fact is, you know, it's uh, you know a larger screen as well, which I was not used to with the five because it's a four inch screen instead of a five inch, and. Uh, uh, you know the CPU and whatever it, it are better. The cameras are better, and the one thing I like about it is the wireless charging. You know, I have bought a small pad from Amazon a few weeks ago, and for the bed the side, you know, table, it's 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 perfect. You know, just put it there. No, you know, when it's at, the, you know, say it, it's a dark in the, the in the room, and you don't want to find that. Uh, cable that is hanging out uh, down the desk or whatever that's perfect <laughs> that's it, perfect except the fact that sometimes it's it slept you know just beside the pad and doesn't charge like it did last night but <laughs> but it, it does sound like an uh if, if the reason i want one is because in work i'm always up and away from my desk and i don't know what's happened since iOS 11 has come out, in fact, even before iOS 11, my battery life is shocking. It's really, really bad. I mean, with moderate usage, I'm not even cranking out a day. I, okay. And I'm, I'm not the You've only person to have noticed it. You've got something going on there because, honestly, iOS 11 has had no effect on my devices at all, battery-wise. Yeah, I know a lot of people are complaining, but I've had no trouble. And you might have to think about doing a full blown wipe the phone and start again, mate. It's it. I mean, when I when I went over to Germany, it was literally like I was having to normally I can sort of eke out a day if I don't use my phone and it's only just there for uh, in case of emergency. But it was just I. I left the house, uh, what was it, about 10 o'clock, and by 3 o'clock, and this is just me driving on the motorway, it was already down to about, oh, say, 70%. And that's just within a couple of hours. It's just absolutely you know, I, shocking. I went to that trade show on Friday. So there was a four-hour drive there, four hours at the show, and a four-hour drive back. 
and I was using my phone on the way there uh, in the, you know, as a passenger in the back, obviously, I would say, to read Twitter and the Apple News and uh, be in the Slack room and whatnot for a, a good portion of that journey. And then probably the same on the way back. And I got home with 20%. So, yeah, that, I, I would consider that to be fairly heavy usage for a phone. I will follow up I next week. Load of battery packs. I took a load of battery packs with me thinking that uh, 12 hours without a charge and probably doing that sort of thing might, you know, might mean I couldn't get through the day and I did not need to plug in one of my batteries. So. Yeah, I think you might have a, a review of your situation. Yeah, should we? Yeah, I'll follow up with that next week. We've got a guest on the show. We're talking about battery life. So, Steve, how long have you been writing for my Mac? And what got you into wanting to, you know, do writing and review stuff? Ah, to be honest, I can't remember when. You know, when was the first review I did for my Mac? Maybe ten years ago. I'm not sure of that. It's been a while, for sure. That's uh, you know, I remember at the time. I I don't know why, but I decided to have a blog, you know, on whatever blog system that was available in the internet, and um, and I don't know how it happened exactly, but uh, Tim uh, from MyMac uh, spotted me and asked me, you know, do you want to write for us? And I said, why not? You know, so I that's how I, it started out. So. <laughs> It's probably been ten years. I'm think, still thinking about it, and I don't remember, but it's been a while. That's for sure. <laughs> so, and about the things I wrote, mostly I, you know, for a while I wrote uh, reviews on photography stuff, you know, bags and uh, stuff like that, and some books review, which I ask John not to uh, accept me accepting book reviews anymore because they are kind of long and difficult to say to, to to write because it's uh you know you have to read a little bit of the book before doing everything so, <laughs> so it's kind of a boring you know i like books but you know fact is that when you have to read it read them for a review sometimes it's a little bit uh, you know boring but <laughs> otherwise i like to review stuff like uh, electronics you know everything that is gadgety and whatever so um, but uh, yeah, I reviewed many things that are great so far, and some of the things that were not so great. Like uh, I can't remember exactly. I think it's a uh, some Star Trek. Uh, um, what do you call that? The docks, you know, the, the USB three docks that they the oh yeah, they, uh, yeah. they did, and USB three docks is, is yeah, it's not working. Nothing. Maybe the the with the new USB C whatever that may be better, but the USB 3.0 uh, docks with uh, screens and stuff like that that's that's just just not working. At least not working for a Mac. Maybe on the PC, I don't know, but for a Mac the driver sucks and it's it's just not so good. I remember reviewing one and I hated it for all the time. was <laughs> <laughs> trying to review it so. <laughs> it kind of makes life difficult, doesn't it? How do I review this? I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> what do I say? Don't yeah, buy this. But, it stinks. Uh, but, but you know, you know what it is. You know, when you read the, I don't know, the, the PR review from the website, you see, wow, that looks just amazing. But when you have it on your desk, it's it's not working. So, 
not not quite as uh, not quite as advertised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just uh, just having a look here. I mean, you've got to review. I mean, you've reviewed some fairly substantial stuff. I'm just looking here at the uh, the NEC EX three four one R hyphen BK display, which is a thirty four inch monitor, three thousand four hundred forty by one thousand four hundred forty. But uh, it's curved. That looks like a hell of a beast. Yeah, that's huge on the desk. Uh, also, you know, that's uh, that's one thing I realized. You know, because I also have a twenty-seven inch uh, uh, Dell uh, display that I use uh, daily, and uh, basically, you know, that was kind of a beast on my desk with the the two monitors uh, side by side and the the, the MacBook on. on either side whatever you know trying to make its place but <laughs> yeah but that's a big screen it's uh and i like you know always liked when i could have more resolution on the screen because you see more stuff or you see more details of a drawing or a picture or whatever so that's great but the one thing i you know i couldn't used to with this display was the curves things and you know because the you know, we think because the, the screen is larger that, you know, our eyes can't adapt to the larger screen. And uh, I can say, you know, we 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 will miss, you know, what what is at the, the edge of the screen, right? But the uh, fact is that, you know, I was thinking the curve thing would help a little bit, but that's, you know, always make me feel like something was curved on the screen, you know, meaning my windows or my, uh, you know, if I was editing a picture or something like that, you know, you were, I was seeing like kind of, a, you know, the horizon was curved, which is not the case. <laughs> so it was strange on the eyes, but it, it's a great monitor. I, I like it for, you know, for, for say doing Excel spreadsheet, you know, large Excel spreadsheet that would be, just amazing because yeah you have quite a view <laughs> and what what were you powering the monitor on because like i say that is a huge old beast what were you hooking it up to oh my macbook yeah the macbook that, that's the only computer i have basically so <laughs> and so yeah. that's obviously been one of the highlights then because getting a monitor like that to review is that that i can imagine is quite a fairly big uh well, it's in terms of time and getting something like that from NEC. So what have been some of the absolute stinkers, the horrific products you've had to review? Oh, like I said, it's, it's you know, the, the USB 3 dock, you know, that sucks. A large, large. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. I define it, you know. <laughs> it's just that bad. It boggles the mind. Yeah, I think it's one of the reviews which I put like a four, four out of ten my Mac rating. So, and it did not happen often that I had to put something five and below. So, <laughs> I think it was the only one, in, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd say the same. Actually, I've done, I've done some reviews for uh, for my Mac, and on the whole, you know, they've been in the seven to nine bracket i think i only had to give something a four once and yeah. and to be fair that was a piece of software which um i i marked it down quite heavily because the the documentation was very poor but 
later on, no. it turned out that the, the guy who did it didn't speak English as a native, and he was a one-man band. Um, and okay. he got in touch with me saying, you know, I thought you were a bit harsh. And, uh, we did a sort of, well, not so much a re-review, but as a top-up later when he reviews, re- released another um, version, and he'd improved it quite a lot. So there you go. But yeah. yes, it's it's quite hard. It's quite rare, isn't it, to come across something that you have to give it a poor review. Oh, I, I always just seem to end up with that sort of stuff. There's there's the fabled story of the webcam that it was made by Swan, who then sold it to Kodak, who then sold it to another company. Uh, and you basically, he was like, right, okay, go to this page and download the software. Right, yeah, go to this page, download the software. To then, oh, we don't make this anymore. Now it's been bought out by so-and-so and then bought out by so-and-so. And even when I got it working, it was just a pile of... It's, it's like, oh, download the app. Okay, the app that hasn't been updated, which has now been removed from the app store. It's just, yeah. oh. So now I'm gone. And the thing yeah. is, it's useless uh, because I can't even were, eBay it. Fucking, uh, oops, sorry. I, you. I can't even eBay it. It's just that bad because <laughs> what can you do with it? It hasn't got an app. And, yeah, so it's going to go to, unfortunately, the res- electrical recycling. Yeah. I remember there was an app, I think it was a photography editing application, but I can't remember exactly which one it was. But fact is, you know, I couldn't, couldn't even do the review because it was crashing on my Macintosh. So I contacted the, the, the vendor and tell them, you know, it's crashing on my side. And they said it should not. Yeah. Should not, but it is. So, <laughs> so the uh, yeah, you... never came out. You know, it was basically cancelled because you know cannot review something I can even launch. So yeah, I love when developers say, "Well, it shouldn't do that." Well, okay, they shouldn't do, but it is. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Indeed. Right. Shall we? Uh, we move on to some stories. Yeah, let's do a few stories. What have we got first this week, Dan? So. Tim's been on the trail again, promoting augmented reality and how he plans to change the world. This is an article in the Independent uh, where it's, he's really got to beat his bonnet about augmented reality. And I wish I was sold on it. I really was. But I think I'm just slightly miffed and slightly broken because I can't get the augmented reality ruler to work properly. So for me, uh, I know it's only a ruler, but that's not the point. If you, what about you two? Have you, um, if either of you sort of delved into the world of uh, augmented reality apps, have you tried anything recently? Uh, no, is the short answer. Um, I keep, I keep meaning to, because it, it, it intrigues me. It does intrigue me, but I just haven't really got round to it. Uh, the other, the other thing is at the moment is a lot of them strike me as, as novelties. I'm, I'm sure. You know, it's going to grow. I'm convinced that, all, like Tim, I am convinced that augmented reality is the next big step forward. Um, but no, I haven't really dabbled much with it myself because most of it just seems to be toys and novelties. Um, I'm sure, it, you know, I, I, it's going to become something important, I'm sure. What about yourself there, Steve? I, I, have, you, have you done anything with augmented reality apps? Has it caught your imagination at all? Yeah, to be honest, you know, a little bit like Simon, I, I, you know, I, I, when when iOS 11 was released, I downloaded a few apps that I tried and 
it's fun, but I don't see, I don't see, you know, I don't see myself using that really, you know, that's kind of fun, but that's it, you know, and I, I don't see, you know, uh, in the demos that Apple did in the WWDC last uh, summer, last, yeah, summer, basically, they, uh, they, they, they demoed a few games and stuff like that. And I said, wow, that's cool. But still, you know, I, I don't see myself playing a game, you know, uh, dancing around the table with, <laughs> with my phone or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, that's, no, that's something, no. you know, that I... <laughs> But but there's one thing I, I liked about uh, what I saw is the IKEA um, application yes. where you can try you know uh, furniture or whatever in your house and just by putting it and then moving the phone and seeing what 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 it does in your room and that's maybe that kind of thing that will be interested in but gaming and not not so much I guess I'm I'm pretty convinced that the big Although Uncle Tim literally said, you know, AR glasses are not going to be a thing anytime soon, even though we're working on it. Um, I'm pretty convinced that that Apple know it and probably everybody else knows it. That augmented reality is not really going to take off until you can put some glasses on and, you know, just have it there and not be. Who wants to walk around holding up their phone in front of their face? You know what I mean? We. When yeah, we get but, some kind of headgear that we can put on and have the augmented reality directly there, that is when it's going to become a big thing. When you can have your, when you can have your sat nav instructions overlaid directly on the road, that is when it's going to become the mainstream. Yeah, but again, you know, when you talk about glasses, augmented uh, reality glasses, I I can, you know, cannot make it more like thinking about the 3d glasses for tv and that was just a, a fake oh, or yeah. whatever you know <laughs> marketing blast whatever but you know it's not something that i you know I, when i go to uh, cinema sometimes they have the 3d uh, oh, movie yeah, no. yeah i may try it but you know sometimes it's it's not so great you know that's that's just what it is you know it's <laughs> Wearing glasses for for things that has to do with technology. It's uh, I already wear glasses for for my eyes, but you know that's yeah. that's enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're going to have to see. I'm sure, but uh, I, I'm pretty convinced that augmented reality is going to be kind of something of interest, but slightly peripheral for a while until there is some kind of heads up display or whatever that we can use to have it you know directly in our vision somehow some way i would say probably the the most handiest thing i've sort of in the real world for me uh there was a there's a room mapping up and literally you stand in the middle of the room and you map out all four corners of the ceiling uh, and you get a pretty good um sort of map of the room really and that's handy for me because when i was in uh, on site the other day and we didn't have a map of the room and i just thought well if i have one i could put the network ports on it just to be able to stand there and get a vague approximation of the size of the room uh was quite handy uh but then it sort oh. of falls down quite rapidly when you've got a table uh maybe I mean, maybe it's just my phone i mean let's face it with a battery going down i wouldn't be surprised if a sensor was out of alignment well you know it's it, 
I, I think it's going to grow and it's going to become more and more mainstream. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they've already got the the ones where you can, for example, hold up your phone to say uh, a sign, which is in, let's say, German, and it will change it into English for you. Yeah, but, but they've been around for ages, those, though. Those those sort of apps. Yeah, yeah, but that 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 has. But we're talking, you know, with with AR kit, you're talking about things like that being pretty much real time and direction directions being done by AR. So, and there are there are just going to be more and more things, I'm sure. But I and in certain. I mean, for example, that kind of uh, app you've just described, I can imagine people like estate agents being overjoyed with an app like that. Oh, yeah, it it, it really isn't bad at all. Um, but again, these are, the, these are the times I love being proved wrong because the times I've always said, well, I don't see the point of that, is exactly when someone who's way more clever than me comes out of the woodwork and goes, ah, I've done this, and then I'll be blown away. Um, yeah. Right, so next up then, we've gone from uh, Tim Cook. Let's go to Johnny Ive. And Johnny Ive revealed this week that the iPhone X was in development for five years. Yeah, interesting one, this, because although it looks like it's got a bigger screen, listening to other podcasts, it doesn't actually appear to be that bigger. But anyway... Uh, Ive has been quoted as saying, what will I remember most fondly may not be the products, but it'll be the process when he asked if he admires or uh, sorry, if when asked if he admires people all over the world using the iPhone when out in public, I tend to be completely preoccupied with what we're working on at the moment. Um, he also said as well that the biggest flaw of the iPhone in a roundabout way was the fact that people use it. Yeah, <laughs> all the time. Too much. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I I read that story. I I like to read what Johnny has to say. Uh, I thought the the thing about do you know are you kind of impressed when you go out and see all these people using iPhones? Well, of course he's not because even even the iPhone ten probably when it gets released is four years down the line. That's old hat to him. That's something he was working on five, four, five years ago. It's so, um, and as he said in the piece, it was which I, I thought was, you know, we had all these, we had all these prototypes, and ninety nine percent of them failed. Um, but then, as he said, if they hadn't, that would have been the end, wouldn't it? I, I do wish <laughs> when I had... we got one that worked. When we got one that worked, we're there. <laughs> <laughs> Job's done. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but even even the uh, original phone, I think, was in development for maybe four to five years as well. So that's uh, yeah. That's again, you know, they, when they they need to do uh, some kind of new improvement, you know, things that weren't done before, they have to work on it. You know, for you know, it's not like. Uh, you just decide and you do it. What you know, you have to, you know, to. Well, that's to, the whole thing, isn't it? All these, all these rumor sites kind of try and make the impression that when they're talking about the the new iPhone, let's in this case that you know the iPhone eight, and they keep talking about might have this or might have, they're talking about it as if Johnny and his team are designing it and preparing it 
six months before release. It's like you're talking rubbish. The thing was, you know, sketched out five years ago and they've spent four years working on it. What's coming out now is probably, uh, that's not to say Johnny and his team aren't involved with it as it goes into, into manufacture and so on, but that's probably not right now. That's not their main focus, is it? They're focused on something that's coming out in 2020. That's what they're working on. They're working on technologies that uh, make what's just come out seem primitive, I should think. No, I, I, I remember to, uh, you know, maybe 20 years ago, 25 years ago, people were seeing and, you know, uh, tech analysts were seeing something like, you know, the thing that you see now, if, if you're willing to wait for the latest things all the time, you should wait all the time because, you know, the, the, the thing that was released last year or this year or this month or this day is, you know, something that was in development for two years in the past or at least. So yeah. basically the last thing that you can buy is not even, you know, something you can buy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what they always used to say. And it, anything, anything in technology you buy is obsolete when you take it out of the box. I mean, exactly. at least we're sort of lucky being Apple users because we know that the the release cycle of phones in general is pretty much once a year, unless they do something like spring another iPhone SE on us or something like that. But think about it on a from the Android point of view, it's even worse because you get a new shiny, and that new shiny is there's such a, a big rush for the new shiny to be out there. You don't even get that moment of ah right, I've got the new hotness for a good period of time. It they're just always superseding each other. Well, with all those different manufacturers, of course, you know, Samsung released a new shiny, super top of the range. And a week later, you've got HTC or LG or Sony or somebody trying to top them. So, And I've got to admit, in work, we mainly use Android phones only because we can't afford to go iPhone. Uh, and believe you me, working with Android, yes, it may be open and blah, blah, blah. But there is a lot of pain that goes on in the Android world when you're using it in a business. But some of the hardware hasn't been too bad. Like the the old Google Pixel, not the new one, is actually quite a nice bit of kit. Um, although it sort of, it feels nice, it looks nice, the screen's nice, but then it's still got the old haptic sensor. It hasn't got like the Apple nice, buzzy, um, taptic sensor. And now when I pick up a phone, it's got the old style buzzy, feedback system thingy it just feels awful it's like oh don't like this at all <laughs> about like that and but just back backtracking slightly when we're talking about you know uh johnny working years ahead and and well and any development team i'm sure work years ahead but there's all this talk as as you mentioned earlier mark people keep on about that well the iphone 8 is just the same as the you know, it's got all new guts in it, but it looks the same as the 7 and the 6S and the 6. And I keep, whenever people keep saying that, I keep thinking, yes, but it's a mature product. When you refine something to its best, quote unquote, form, why mess with it? Everybody is, oh, it, it looks the same as the last one. Well, people don't say that about a bloody 911, do they? 
So what else we got next then in the world of Apple news? So Apple is now donating 1 million plus matched employee contributions for the California wildfire relief as reported on Apple Insider. That's not bad for a company. Makes a bit of, probably makes that in about a minute. The company revealed the details of its donations to the San Francisco Chronicle following up with an article on Tuesday. A Twitter post by CEO Tim Cook at the time said, Apple was donating to aid effort release. In fact, Apple still hasn't said what charities are supporting, although Apple typically favours the American Red Cross unless there are specific reasons to fund another group. Well, that's not a bad, uh, that's not well, a bad donation, really. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Um, talking about an, an hour, I think me and uh, Mark, uh, Mark, me and Carl worked out, didn't we, on the on the ugliest watch in the world uh, episode that they make about. Four million profit in an hour. So, just say that again. <laughs> and Carl and I worked out, yeah, that Apple make approximately four million dollars profit per hour. Bloody heck! <laughs> D- that's yes, not bad, is it? it? That's not bad. We'll, we, we'll find you'll find it on the um, you'll find it on the most expensive watch in the world episode. Speaking of which, Mr. Madden has gone out and got himself one of them, their new Apple watches with the cellular yes, connection. It's like, oh. And he finally, he, finally got a, he finally got a SIM for it as well. If, uh, what about you, Steve? If, if, does it, has the Apple, just to break off a little bit, the Apple Watch any interest of you whatsoever? The Apple Watch? Yeah. Yeah, I have one. I have the first, you know, the Series Zero, like I used to call it, <laughs> because it's the yep, first one. Yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> it's the one I have, and, uh, you know, I haven't upgraded it because I don't think it's worth it, but it's nice. It's a nice gadget. Like 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 I used to say when people were asking me at the beginning, is it worth paying for that? I said, it's a gadget. It's, it's a nice gadget, but it's still a gadget. You know, need that to live. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's not like well, I, I, the listeners will know that i i waited to get one second hand when the series one and two came mm-hmm. out so okay. i i got a series zero second hand and so i paid about 150 pounds for mine which is probably about half the original price which was the sort of money i was prepared to pay and i've been very happy with it and I shall continue to be happy with it, I suspect, for some time to come. And then I shall probably replace it with another second-hand uh, Apple Watch of a but of a newer generation. Yeah, I saw someone selling selling one, uh, you know, Series Two because he wanted the Series Three. It was, you know, I can't remember the pricing he was asking for, but it was kind of affordable. But when he sent me a picture of it, you know, it was, you know, the the, the the glass was scratch on the on the surface, and I said, "Ah, oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> no, there, there are uh, there are people at the moment. I know, uh, even around here, there are people selling series ones for the same sort of price as I paid paid for my series zero. So, uh, and less. So, I shall probably keep my series zero for maybe another year. And then maybe I'll think about replacing it. Uh, and it's a very nice gadget. The only the only thing it doesn't do, actually, that I might like is the the new heart monitoring. The the kind of uh, it will alert you if your heart rate goes suddenly spikes or something when there's no reason for it to. But 
the Series Zero doesn't support that. But other than that, I'm I think it's fine. I, I mostly use it for the notifications anyway. So yeah, but that's basically it for myself too. And I like the rings also. You know, the <laughs> making it. Uh, me believe that I did some some kind of exercise today or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. they make you believe that you've done some good. Yeah. I like that. That's a good description actually. That is a good one. I actually managed to get to use the heart rate monitor and the because you could easily switch between what's it called activities now and I actually got to use that this week. Uh that was good. That was really nice. So you don't have to stop, start. You can just literally go and change it. But it's still, it's still got that bit of lag, and it's sort of yeah. Now, before there was a newer watch, you'd like put up with it because you know that's just the part and parcel of the watch. But now I know uh, I can have a watch that hasn't got any lag. I'm thinking, yeah, need to start selling stuff to afford the new shiny. You are right. It is. <laughs> it it is nothing but a gadget. Uh, but it's handy, and I, uh, the times I leave the house without it, I'm like really annoyed at myself because it's it ju- it just becomes so handy. Even though if uh, it does drop me in trouble a load of times because when I've gone to go get stuff, I don't carry a wallet with me anymore, uh, and then that normally ends up with oh yeah, sorry, we don't take contactless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So what else have we got okay. in the world of Apple news? Uh, and finally, rounding up the Apple segment of the news, Apple fixes some ancient MacBooks for free. Now, I wasn't aware of this. Uh, so some MacBook Pros are being repaired for free. Uh, if you've got one from a 15-inch MacBook Pro released in early 2012 to early 2013, you can get a repair from Apple. However, yeah, you're going to have to wait around about a month to get a new battery in it. Yeah. Uh, If you have a problem with the battery and it only applies to the Retina MacBook Pro from early 2012 to early 2013, um, and that is it. But if you have one of those and you have trouble with your battery, if you're prepared to tell Apple that you're prepared to wait another month, and I'm sure if you've waited this long, you can wait another month, you can have your MacBook repaired for free. Which is, which is in my case, you know, that, that's you know, in theory, my my book fills you know the the gap for for not the gap, but you know fills fills the the, the form for this uh, repair. But I guess my battery is already okay because uh, a few years ago, the I had uh, okay, I had that uh, screen uh, that was uh, doing reminiscence, you know, a kind of uh, oh, the the uh, weird uh, sort of delaminating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was doing that, so they repaired it for 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 that that thing. And uh, I don't know what they did exactly, but already the, the technician screwed the um, the bottom when when putting back the the, the MacBook uh, uh, after the the repair of the screen. He probably screwed the the you know the, the little screws on the bottom a little bit too tight, and that. Uh, you know, basically broke the the, the 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 screw and they were falling down. So they changed they changed the bottom because it's it's in the bottom that you know the the, the screw uh, are are in in you know fixed. yeah yeah and 
that again change the battery. So I guess the battery is already already new. So mm. wow. in probably three years for me. So it was not part of that uh, recall, but you know that uh, make it uh, me having a MacBook with a new battery. So yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is the way it goes, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, initially they wanted me to pay uh, five hundred bucks or whatever for for the bottom, and I said, "Yeah, you know, you screw, you screw the screw." So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You you strip the thread out. You deal with it. Yeah, exactly. You ask me, you know, yep. did, did you open it? You know, why why should I open the MacBook where where there's nothing I can chant about it? You know, it's all soldered on the board. So <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's that's the way it is, isn't it? Mm. So. Well, uh, what do you want to do now then, Mark? Should well, we do some more stories or well, do you want to do what, uh, we'll, John Nemo? We'll go into Nemo's hardware store uh, because there isn't really much going on in the world of Apple. I was going to follow up with my eBay shenanigan adventures about discontinued software, but when I was trying to put the article together, it wasn't really, well, yeah, software doesn't work and the website isn't too bad. So I didn't quite think I could make a decent story out of that. Uh, so, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll take a very quick break because I need to get a cup of tea and we will head over to Nemo's Hardware Store. So, John, over to you. Three really practical accessories for your portable gear this week in Nemo's Hardware Store. The first one is called Tofu, multi-USB charger, eight-port, smart, fast charging station. It's a white eight-port charger. It's about two inches by one and a half inches by one, two, three by four inches. So it's a so it fits in my hand comfortably. Has a white detachable cable that comes out the back, plugs into the wall, and it has eight USB charging ports and an LCD display. So it tells you how much is being charged, which ports are being used. Does not indicate when the charging is completed, but the charge output goes way down then. So if you're looking at it to see, you can figure it out instantly. I've been using this all week. Excellent product available from the Amazon link that we will provide. It's $25 in the U.S. And Mark and Simon will have the U.K. and international pricing and buying links. Strong recommendation for a reasonable price for eight charging ports. You can carry this with you wherever you go or keep it permanently in place on your desk or table. Well done, Tofu. The second item comes from a company called AnyPro, A-N-Y-P-R-O. It's the cell phone stand that's adjustable with a thick aluminum base, and it's got a round three-inch base or so, and then another three or four inches, an angled back plate that holds a very strongly hinged and adjustable angle segment that you put your iPhone or your iPad, whatever you're using, on there. It's very rigid, it's very sturdy, but yet totally adjustable. Incredible engineering. And the price for this in the U.S. is $11. Very reasonable. I showed this to my workshop yesterday and every single person wanted one. It's lightweight, but very strong and sturdy. And in the back, there's a hole where you can thread your cables through. And you must see this on the website. Very good pictures, very good description. And again, Mark and Simon will have the U.K. and international buying links for the AnyPro adjustable cell phone stand with the rigid base, but it gets better. In my other hand is another adjustable AnyPro base that the top part looks similar, but it swivels 360 degrees on the bottom, and people love this one. They love the idea that they can put their iPad or their iPhone in there, 
adjust the angle, have the cables come out the back, have it be solid and stable on their desk, yet they can not only spin it any way they want, they can rotate it 360 degrees, and they can also have it adjustable as far as the angle. Once again, you must see this and experience it to see the quality of workmanship in all three of these products, especially the AnyPro stands, A-N-Y-P-R-O. So please look on our website for the links and go to the Amazon links that we provide for the AnyPro 360 adjustable rotating stand, and then also the rigid base, but with the same adjustable angle cell phone stand, and then that tofu. So once again, the pricing, $25 US for the tofu, eight port charger, $11 for the rigid base with the adjustable AnyPro cell phone stand, and then $25 in the US for the rotating stand from AnyPro. Back next week with more good stuff from Nemo's Hardware Store. And we're back. We've done the British thing and gone and had a cup of tea. And Steve has, well, at least he's still here. That's something. We've kept a guess for a bit longer. Yep. So, uh, as always, John, well, he's one of yours, isn't he, Steve? From the MyMac web- MyMac.com website, where you can find more of Nemo's reviews over there. And that's where also you can find Steve's reviews as well, including the one about the Del- sorry, the NEC monitor we mentioned. Um, so I thought we'll do uh, a couple of random sort of stories. Um, from around the world, really. What do we got here? Ah, this is a good one. The Google Mini. Well, this is a way not to launch a product. Consumer groups want federal regulators to record the Google Mini after a glitch made it intercept and record private conversations. Anyone really surprised about that so-called glitch? Or is this just me having my tin hat on a little bit? There's there's a bit of both in there, but if you actually read the story, they're asking for it to be recalled before it's even released because the people who are apparently making this complaint were beta testers. So uh, I don't really know what to make out of that. I suspect it's more likely a a bug, in which case, what are you going to do? If you're a beta tester of something and it's got a bug in it, can you really sue or stamp your little foot i i don't think you can really surely that's out that's part of the part and parcel of testing a new beta product isn't it yeah pretty much what about yourself steve have you got any like orb or speakery type things have you got an alexa or google or are you even remotely interested in the home pod uh not really Fair enough. Moving on then. I have, I have. <laughs> yes. To the, the only thing I have, I have is the Sonos uh, Play One. I think. Oh, I and love that. That's for music. So that's that's all I need. You know, I don't need a speaker that can I can talk to. You know, I probably yeah, can talk I, to people instead. I, I find. Oh, you're one of those people who make a phone call. Blimey, the amount of people <laughs> who have like a smartphone and you go, oh no, no, I don't. I don't make phone calls. But you'll use WhatsApp to send voice messages. You'll use iMessage to leave voice memos. Um, Mm -hmm. But yet you won't actually have a conversation. Yes. I love my Sonos Play 1. I really, really do. took me a while to get used to the the idea of only having mono sound. But my God, does it it punt the sound out? I mean, in my office, I'll even have it playing in the front room. Uh, and some background noise, 
and it's better than the two. I'm fine. I'm going to have to put a link in the show notes on my two very weird shaped speakers. Um, if, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will. I will do that, and I'll put a link into the show notes and into the chat room in a second. Um, that sounds interesting. A weird shaped speaker. Oh yeah. So. There's a bit of a story behind these speakers because I got them for review. And to be honest, they're all right. But because it hasn't got the... They're supposed to be like a little control box, so you can adjust the volume of the speaker, not just adjust the volume going through Mac OS. But it hasn't got that. So I'm guessing the speakers have been turned down really, really low because if there's not a lot of going on in, in terms of music or noise or watching a video, you can kind of hear the middle tweeter, like opening, closing. It's like in... It's really hard to explain, but you can kind of hear like when the noise gets over a certain level, part of the speakers does a small tick, like a, t- and then you can hear the rest of the sound, and it's really really annoying. Uh, so now it's like I've, I'll keep them on for music, but if it's like a movie and there's a quiet bit, I end up putting on my headphones. So all in all, what I'm saying is these are not a bad set of speakers when you've got the control unit. Other than that, I don't like them. There's a review for you. <laughs> There you go. Quick review. All right, but I don't really like them. They're the Edifer Spinakers. I will okay. if I, if you feel for me. I'm more I, interested oh, in why you described them as a weird shape. Uh, give me one second, and I'll get you an image. Um, I was supposed to. Rev- I thought, have I reviewed these? I'm pretty sure I have. Uh, view file. Here we go. This is going to make for riveting audio. Right. Find my window. Hang on. Yeah. Gentlemen, while, while you're looking for your picture, I would say that you know, when I look at the you know all the speakers you can talk to, you know, just to come come back to the, this subject, you know, I have always the impression that you know, there's I always try to make Siri works for me, and sometimes it, it just say, you know, can can I look at the web for you? I said I could do. <laughs> yeah. I could have done that myself, you know, if you cannot help yeah, with the question, yeah. you know. So that's why I'm I not have... so interested in that kind of speakers oh. you can talk to. You know, it's kind of not yeah, up I'm... to... <laughs> to... I'm totally not impressed by the whole listening, speaking, Alexa, Google Home thing. Uh, and I'm I'm not really a big Siri user. Uh for one reason, if if no other, for the very fact that when I say "Hey," it has no bloody effect whatsoever. Uh, I'm gonna have to edit that one out. Although people <laughs> listen to it on the headphones, we should be all right. Yeah, and these speakers you send the picture to is is this kind of a weird shape, you know? Yeah, I, I did warn I you. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe you don't want to sit on them. <laughs> Are they a bit like? Are they are they actually like elephant tusks or are they more like yeah. boat I mean, sails? They're they're more like elephant tusks. Um, they are slightly weird, um, and it's sort of the thing that if I ever have friends come around, I want to sort of like cover them up because it just looks a little bit embarrassing. I mean, don't get me wrong; they oh, do they don't sound bad at all. It's just the problem is I haven't got like the little dome, so they've obviously been turned down. So you, it's just like the tweeter or something just isn't kicking in. And it's just really annoying because it's like you can hear the top half, sorry, the top half, the top third and the bottom third of the speaker are always on. But then when some voice comes in, it's sort of like you can end up missing the first part of a word. 
because obviously the tweet is going, ah, right, there's enough noise now, I better wake up. Hmm. Okay. Mm. How, I, I, right, we better put that picture in the uh, in the show notes then, hadn't we? Yeah, the elephant tusks. Uh, by the way, Edifer have sent me some other stuff to review, uh, and the other, uh, I can't remember what speakers where they were, but they were amazing. Absolutely amazing speakers. Um, I just wish I could remember what the review was, but we'll try and put that in the show notes. Uh, and if you're out there, Edifier, send me some more stuff to review. I haven't done any reviewing <laughs> in ages. Although I have been reviewing right. VPN stuff. That's been quite a, quite an interesting thing. It's amazing that when uh, what I've found from using a VPN is if I go to my local Weatherspoons, which is a pub round here. Um, well, I've, yeah, I've said that for Simon. No, Steve. Losing the plot. Need more tea. Um, the speed is, if I use a VPN, somehow things are a bit faster. Interesting. Mm. I didn't know if that was a thing in general or if it was just... Uh, mm, no, it's not usually a thing in general. VPNs are, if anything, known to slow you down a little, but uh, I, I guess something might be going on. Are you, are you using the Are you using the Weatherspoon's free Wi-Fi? Yes. Uh, well, there you go then. Never use any free Wi-Fi without a VPN of some sort anyway. Oh, no, uh, especially in work. Hmm. Uh, but no, so, so far, NordVPN is getting a bit of a thumbs up from me. Uh, really nice and easy to set up. Um, and hopefully I will have a review done in the next week or two. Um, would you want to choose the next story then, Simon? Uh, yes, I would, actually. we've well, There are two big stories, really, here. Uh, one doesn't appear very big on the surface, so I'll, I'll tackle that one first. Uh, it's come to light that hackers have been covertly hiding code on PolitiFact. Uh, and actually, it turns out several other places, such as, uh, was it uh, Showtime and some other places, which hijacks your PC to secretly mine cryptocurrency. Um, and this, this particular link came from the International Business Times, but there are, uh, there are stories about it for the last week or so all over the place. Uh, and on the, the surface of it, the... The fact that either knowingly or unwittingly these sites have been running a piece of code which I think is called CoinHive, which apparently is designed to mine for a cryptocurrency called uh, Monero, I think. I have no idea about any crypto mining stuff whatsoever. nor, Nor have I really. Nor have I really. Anyway. The point is that uh, Showtime has now removed it, and it would the evidence would point to possibly somebody inside Showtime, probably a quote unquote rogue employee, uh, inserting the code into their website and probably pocketing the uh, you know the the proceeds for themselves rather than uh, either an external actor or Showtime themselves. I don't know about PolitiFact, uh, but what interested me rather more than the fact that these sites were covertly doing it, which, uh, I mean, obviously it's a, a malware in a way because it, it's attacking, it's hijacking people's browsers to do a bit of cryptocurrency mining on behalf of whoever's installed the code. But um, if you read the article, the the writers of Coin Hive themselves 
say that its original point was to allow site owners to ethically and openly use cryptocurrency mining as uh, an either an add-on or an alternative to advertising. So they're saying the original idea was that, let's say, uh, essentialapple.com, we could, if we felt so inclined, use this coin hive and have a, a banner that comes up, say, when people land on the site that says, you know, much as in the way as it says, we would like to give you a cookie, do you accept it or whatever? Uh, we would, you know, we would like to use a little bit of your CPU to mine some cryptocurrency to help support our site. Do you agree? Yes or no? Uh, from uh, that would be a oh hell no. That's my CP <clears throat> plus my CPU. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the original point was because a lot of you know a lot of sites uh, are saying that ad blocking is having a you know making a big impact on their revenue stream. And whilst none of us particularly like those ghastly adverts that spring up in front of you or take over the screen or uh, whatever, you know sites do need to have some revenue yeah i I, I, yeah i I, there's nothing against that but it's the fact that it's gone from well we want to display adverts now we want to track you now we want to know everything about you and now we want to use your cpu um for us it's like no 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 there is that but i would i would make the counterpoint that if i was to go to a site uh, and it said you can either see the site with ads or you can let us use your a, a, a proportion of your CPU to generate some cryptocurrency whilst you are reading on our site, then I think I might be inclined to say, yeah, okay. But then you've got because the other thing. Because if you want to support that's, the site... That's burning up your electricity. That's going to make things noisy for you. And then where well, do you... it depends do- what they... Well, it depends how much the, how much of your CP. If they're going to ramp it all the way to to max, then yeah, sure. But the next time you go, that's that's a self that's a self defeating uh, strategy, isn't it? If you if you make people's you know CPUs go to a hundred percent and their fans belt on, then people next time they go there, they're going to yeah, go but, nuts. But, that, but this is the thing you, you've already. But this is where the lines are changing now because. He just said in a way that, yes, you're happy for sites to use your CPU, but as long as they don't use too much. That's like asking uh, marketers to be ethical. And Christ, we all know that ain't never going to happen. <laughs> well, It's like you can use it, but don't use too much and leave, you know, leave some behind it, for me. Mark, don't forget all these, all these trackers and pervasive adverts and whatnot. They're, they're sucking your P- CPU and your electricity. Oh, that's yeah, but that's oh, not as much as blooming crypto mining. Crikey. That's like having what was that thing that everyone used to do for the space agency a while back? Uh, they would download data and then decrypt it, looking for radio SETI project. I think it was. Yes. Um, no, this is the thing. In a way, I agree with you, but would you really trust the people that have these adverts? Which there's been all this outcry, and Apple have stopped people from you know tracking you from everywhere you go. Can we really say that? 
you're going to trust them not to nick every single source of your uh, of your CPU. And then what happens for those people who are on um, limited connections? You know, what about the data that has to go up and down? What happens if you know um, you go to that website and you let's say I don't know you you just leave yourself on that website? Will the computer go to sleep because it sees that a process is going to be running? There's just so many bad points well, I to think this. I, I think as long as they're open and tell you and well, it's yeah. opt in. Because marketers would, are all about that. But, yeah, obviously, the, the whole furore has started because of these sites that are have been doing it covertly. Well, that that's one thing. But then tracking you covertly or doing any sort of other malware covertly is unpleasant i'd much rather somebody said to me would you let us do this yes or no you have the option you can try it if it doesn't appear to be a problem i'm happy to help support sites that i like to follow yeah but for me it's to a point steve you've been really quiet on this issue where do you stand on it what side of the fence are you going to jump on Ah, uh, I don't know if I have a fence <laughs> to jump over, because I, I, yeah, I agree. I agree with uh, you know the fact that you know these sites need some incomes to stay alive. That's that's true, and I hate to have uh, ads on on the website I'm referring to. I don't know if I would like to have them do some kind of. Uh, you know, stuff in the behind of me that may affect my, I don't know, computer or my personal data, whatever. I, you know, kind of, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, so the fence is, is pretty much... Oh, there you go. That's, that's I, what I, thought no it, I thought it opened an interesting, um, an interesting area because... Mm. For, for me, it just... Very well for, it's all very well for a lot of us to be shouting, we don't want any ads and we don't want to be tracked and we don't want this and we don't want that. But that's all very well. But if we want to continue to enjoy the web in the way we have done for the last 10, 20 years, if we're not going to uh, allow advertising, which has, I admit, become you know way out of control. I mean, it started with the odd banner, didn't it? Or you know, but we have to come up with another way to um, we have to come up with another way to help fund these sites to to create a business model which is sustainable. I'm not necessarily saying this is the way or that oh look this is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm simply saying it that the uh, the original writers of Coinhive. Have put this out there as something which could possibly be used as an alternative. Now, obviously, they're saying its intention is to be used openly and ethically, uh, you know, with the with the consent of the you of the visitor. Um, sure, it's open to it's open to abuse, but then goes everything else. So, I don't know. Would you? Would you? It doesn't have to be cryptocurrency mining, but if, if we're not going to have advertising and you don't want to pay a subscription or have a paywall on everything, then surely there has to be some way that you can contribute back, as it were, in exchange. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and that, that's true that, uh, you know, some, some big sites, I don't know, some big news, uh, newspaper uh, stand, you know, can, you know, I would say afford to ask their customer to pay for some content and have some content for free, like the New York Times or whatever. But, you know, they are big, big players in, in the game, you know, but that's not every every player that can just have some kind of a, you know, you have to subscribe to us and pay pay five uh, five dollar a month or whatever for getting access to our content. So that's you know anyway, not every people w- would like to pay for everything they have to read on on the internet. So they or they want to read, I should say, for in, in on the internet. So that's you know, it's kind of a, a difficult position that we are in you know the newspapers and stuff like uh, that used to sell paper you know physical paper and that that worked well and now it's becoming a little bit of a difficulty for them so imagine you know and for people you know they have uh, they have paid for their computers and maybe they don't want to pay for the content that they download from the website to their computers to read or whatever but that you know, it's it's a different difficult model that we we need to uh, invent, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and so you, uh, Steve just said there quite rightly. You know, you you've got players. I don't know. Let's say the Independent, the Guardian, the New York Times. These are big organisations, and and perhaps if you are a regular reader of the Guardian or the Telegraph or the New York Times, you would be happy to pay a subscription because you you know like taking the newspaper every day the cost uh, of a subscription to get your be able to browse through the new york times website every day at your leisure is is not a problem i don't think those even though some of those people say they're struggling but the real problem comes when you start talking about the sort of medium size independent sites when you start talking about people like The Verge or, uh, I don't know, Mac Observer or Cult yeah. of Mac, those sort of sites where you've got maybe half a dozen people, they are actually making their living doing that. But then, you, and, then there is the argument there. They've chosen to go into a competitive world where that, that area is changing in itself. You know the, oh, the, yeah. the the print industry, as we all know, is is on a is on a slow decline. Unless it's a, I think what what happens is when we talk about advertising, we talk about newspapers which have always been suffering, uh, you know, declining sales and declining revenue because the the time has moved on. But if you've got a product that people like, or you provide information that people like, people will pay for it. I mean, take Six Colors; they don't have um, any adverts on there, but if you want to get something special you pay a small subscription and that model and um, hopefully seems to be working it's only the, the the big websites that are so entrenched uh with the fact that oh my god our, our google adwords aren't working uh that they're the ones that are having the uh, the issue mm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's i'm not sure if that's so because i think a lot of the smaller to medium size independent particularly tech websites will tell you that the you know the rise of ad blockers and don't forget a lot of these obviously being tech based sites are not sites with nasty intrusive 
unpleasant advertising. They tend, on the whole, to have you know kept to what we would consider to be an acceptable level of sort of adverts in the sidebar and so on. Yeah, they're they're saying they're seeing a you know anything up to a thirty percent decrease in their income, um, and that that's a lot of money, you know. And I'm I'm not saying that what's right and what's wrong. I'm just saying in the longer term, there is going to have to be somehow devised a, a new business model for the web because you can't have everything for free. Some Somebody somewhere has to make money. Oh, um, yeah, that, 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 I, that I agree with. But... And, and I'm, I think we all agree that we'd, we'd rather, I think most people would agree, that they'd rather that that money was distributed somewhat uh, equably amongst the you know the providers on the web rather than it all being hoovered up by facebook and google and nothing left for anybody else yeah uh, and i'm not quite sure how you will go about that no. in, uh, you know, in, in unobtrusive adverts I, I have no problem with like i know carl over on the mac and forth show he basically doesn't want adverts full stop ever adverts are a bad thing which i completely get i don't mind having adverts that aren't so bad it's just it even though I've seen it and I keep seeing it, it just freaks me out a little bit that, what was it I searched for? It was something like car oil or something really benign and like nothingness like that at all. Um, and it was coming up everywhere. And then when I went to work, that advert was coming up everywhere as well. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is getting to a point where it's just uncomfortable. Well, that's now. tracking, isn't it? Yeah. That's tracking. But that's but that's still one and the same, you know. That's still part of what they do. Um, well, tracking, tracking, and advertising are not the same, are they? Well, people of course they are. Advertised, no, people yeah, because tra- it's, it's, people it's advertised in, yeah, people have advertised in newspapers and magazines for you know what 150 years. They didn't. They weren't able to track you. They would. You couldn't. You didn't open Vogue and see an advert for something that was because you looked at the same advert in the in the. In the times, yeah, but the, but this is the thing. This is where it all starts blending together. It's like you go, you go to a website and they're going to start using my CPU to make them money. It's like, nah, well, why can't they use that CPU to make them money? But they only get a commission of what it earns. That would be a better model. If I can go to a website and they say, right, come to our website. We're going to use your CPU. Um, we'll take ten percent commission of what you earn. That's a sale for me. Well, there you go. They're, 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 uh, maybe I didn't. You know, I'm merely casting it out there. I just thought that this whole thing of, you know, the well, the it's an exchange. It's it's all in the end. It all comes down to a business transaction. And the, obviously, the the key fact, of course, about using currency, cryptocurrency mining, is whether or not it's open and ethical, and that they seek your consent. Um, well, yeah, because... in the same way as you know, a lot of sites now, of course, you click on them and they go, "You've got an ad blocker. You can't come into this site unless you turn your ad blocker off." Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. And one of one of the showing that you you uh, you have uh, there was uh, asking me to remove my my ad blocker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. I think it, I just did one myself. I just clicked on it, and all I got was a huge screen saying, "Please white like." whitelist this site before yeah. you look at the story and in effect um please remove your ad blocker is becoming exactly the same as a paywall isn't it because it's like 
And from their point of view, I guess I, I understand that because otherwise you're just, it, it's like those people who go into the, go into the supermarket and go up to the newspaper racks and read all the newspapers and buy not one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's the same story. Yes. But, you know, I, I think, I'm not sure, but, you know, my, my opinion maybe is that in the past, you know, some companies and some websites, I would say, had so much annoying, uh, you know, ads in, in their web pages that, you know, it annoyed people, you know, and basically if the ad put some, like you said the a few minutes earlier, you know, uh, ads in, in just in the border of the, the thing and that kind of, that kind of ad that is non non obtrusive to the, the the main content that may have helped, but yeah, you know exactly. those playing, for example, the videos, uh, you know, movies, oh yeah, exactly, you know, all that stuff, yeah. the you know, interstitials and self playing yeah. videos and things that yeah. pop up and that that exactly. that is what has caused people to lash back and say, no, we're putting in an ad block. I don't. I don't mind about static adverts or, you know, yeah. what I would, I would equip, say would be equivalent to the adverts you get in a, in a print magazine. I don't have a problem with those because they're here. Look at this. If you're interested, click here. Well, that's what I consider to be unobtrusive, perfectly ethical advertising of the kind we've all been used to for the last 150 years. And that's yeah. not a problem. There are yeah, a couple of websites which, Sorry, Steve. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if you remember some some ads that were in old magazines like Mike Ward, my uh, Mac Ward or whatever, you know, in the time, you know, sometimes some of these ads were written like articles. You know, you would read them, and at the end, you would realize I read an ad. You know, it, it, yeah. it was not an article from the magazine. It no, was... the ad what we call advertorials in the trade. Oh and, God, uh, damn. It, I, I, yeah, and I, or you know, sponsored content. I don't know about in the US, but here in in the UK, people can do that. You can have place adverts that look like uh, the material, but there are rules, and if you do so, there has to be a like a at the header and the footer. It will have to say this is an advertisement, you know, or content content of this article is sponsored by it so it has to be made at least reasonably clear that it is not actually part of the magazine content but but people still do it you know um but yes you're right and that is the the sort of you know in print i consider those advertorial type pages to be the equivalent of the pop-up self-playing video type advert that says watch this ad before you continue to the rest of the site so yeah well i think we've probably covered that now and yeah I, but... I think we what we all agree is it's just a very difficult it's a thorny problem and it has to be solved one way or another there, there was one website that always catches my eye and it's called give me sport because they have they annoy me because they have such good clickbaity web uh lines i always blooming uh click on but 
the article is always buried at the end. So the, the main thing you've clicked on for is always buried at the end of the article. So you go to it, they have a self-playing video, two paragraphs, a big block of adverts, another couple of paragraphs, another self-playing video, and then the two, three lines at the bottom of the article. And it's those sort of websites that annoy me. But yes, let's move on. Um, I think we've got time. We'll do one more story. So I think we'll hand... Um, Steve, any story there that sort of got your eye there that you want to round off the show with? Are you there, Steve? Sure. Sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> uh, maybe we shouldn't miss the Caspery one. If, if... Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Let's go for that one. Let's go and have a look at that one. Oh, Kaspersky. Oh, you can take this one, Simon, because I know how much... Oh, oh, just... Oh. <laughs> Well, this is a sort of a, it's a bit of a three-pronged story, really. Uh, I mean, it started out with the story that Russian hackers stole U.S. cyber secrets from the NSA. Um, and, and this was all over the place. Uh, this was really from last week, to be honest. And that then progressed to the fact that in the way such things are, that an NSA operative or contractor or whatever the hell he was, in the usual manner, took home something he shouldn't have taken home and had it not on the NSA's secure network, but on his home PC. And from there, it was pilfered, uh, lifted, or otherwise uh, exfiltrated, uh, and thus... There was a whole furore about how Russian hackers had got hold of all these USA cyber secrets. Uh, well, that's sort of a, a story as old as spying itself, really, isn't it? Be, it just how things tend to go. But um, then the story changed into this thing about how it was actually all down to, to uh, Kaspersky antivirus and the Israelis. Uh, said that Russian hackers had uh, penetrated the Kaspersky antivirus suite and were uh, using its um, well, its access, the way that it scans your drive and your documents, as a sort of Google to look for sensitive documents. Right, I'm going to have to change my headphones, champ. Sorry. Mm, Kaspersky, they've had a bit of a dodgy history, though, haven't they, um, Steve? I mean, oh, I just remember. See, I've never gotten over from ye olden days when I was working on Windows PCs, and oh, right, I've got Kaspersky installed. And the first thing I'd say to someone is, remove it. Why? It slows your PC down, but it doesn't. Uh, yes, it does. And then you remove it, and then that takes ages to remove. Are you running any AV or stuff like that on your Mac, or do you just go naked? You're asking me? Yes. I guess. Yeah. So, yes, I'm naked. So, <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything bad on the Mac, at least not, you know, we heard about a few things in the last years or so, but, you know, nothing that was kind of, uh, you know, enough to make me be afraid of having a naked Mac. <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah, you've got to go to some lengths, haven't you, really, to sort of get something yeah. nasty onto your Mac. I mean, you've, you've literally yeah, got to go. 
yeah, you almost have to do it by, you know, forcing it, you know, not, not just, you know, because you, 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 I don't know, click on something or receive a mail or whatever, you know, that kind of things doesn't happen on a Mac, on a Mac yet. But, you know, like you said, maybe there's some flaws in the Mac OS and, and some can exploit it, but, you know, it's not the major sites that we're going in, you know, so that's, uh, I'm still feeling safe about my Mac in, in that regard. So. Yeah, and it's, it is kind of testament for arguably one of the biggest, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, companies looking for in companies. the world. That, that, oh, blimey, I've got oh, massive blimey. feedback. What's going on there? Hello? Yeah. Hello. Oh, oh so there was just yeah. horrendous feedback going on then. It's, it is testament, like the biggest company in the world has still relatively relatively um getting away with it so far yeah and you were you were talking also about you know that kind of software sort of slowing down your, your computer which is normal i guess you know any type of production that you you add to a computer or a server or a network will have some kind of slowdown you know you have to if if you put a firewall in, in front of your business uh, internet, uh, you know thing, it has to inspect uh, every packets and then it slow down the computers and and the network and everything. So that's that's something we have to live with. If we, you know, the production doesn't come free. So that's what I want to say. But um, yeah, on the other side, you know how much how much you want to protect you, you know, because I remember on. When I was on Windows PCs, uh, I don't know, uh, over 10 years ago, uh, I was still on PCs and we had, a, you know, a virus detection that we had to install, McAfee, whatever, or, and then we had, a, a, you know, the malware, which was not the same as the virus. So malware protection, another piece of software on, 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 on the computer. So that slowed on the computer, but, you know, you have the choice not to doing it, but that's at your own risk, I guess. If if you, you you do things that you should not, I don't think I would ever run a PC now uh, without AV on there. Amps, uh, amps, even if it's a poor one, something that just goes ah right, okay, that's a bit shifty. Then that will do. Ah, uh, the joys of being on a Mac. I know it's easy to think that we're in this utopia, but it still amazes me the fact that, again, the biggest company in the world that has all this press and all this hype, and, you know, we're still relatively unscathed, which is always good. Uh, and I think with that, how long have we been going for? Oh, blimey, hour and a half. I think that'll do us then, chaps. Um, so right. we can round it all off. Steve? If they, this is the chance where you get to sell yourself silly, if they want to get a hold of you, where can they find you? What websites, Twitter, social media, Facebook? Go for it. The platform is yours. Yeah, I am on Facebook for sure. You know, uh, that's everyone is on there, I guess. Almost everyone, I should say. We are only two, 2 billion people out of 7 billion people on Earth on Facebook. So, <laughs> And uh, I can be reached also at... Uh, you know, on Twitter at Steve Ammon. So that's uh, my handle, I guess. And you can read me sometimes in the MyMac review. So 
Excellent. And it's well worth going over to MyMac.com because they do churn out regular good reviews on quite a decent basis. Simon, what about your good self? Uh, well, of course, you can find me on the Twitters as at Serenac, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. And you can get me via at Essential Apple on the Twitter. I could do with a few more followers on there. We do post random stuff. Honestly, it's not just a fire hydrant for the podcast. You've got EssentialApple.com, you've got the Facebook, and you've got the Google Plus as well. And uh, again, we still have the chat room. If you want to get an invite, just drop us a line via any of those methods, and we will send you an invite. Only there was an easier way to do that. Steve, thank you ever so much for coming on and putting up with this thing we call a podcast. It's been a pleasure having you on. Hope to have you on again soon. And from myself, we will see you. No problem. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, we will see you all next time. Cheerio, everyone. Goodbye. That's the bit we say goodbye, Steve. Ah, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> I wasn't sure because I interrupted you a minute ago and I didn't want to put more mess in that. No, no, no. You, you probably make more sense than, than me on a, on a decent day. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. I'm going to press the stop button now.